content of this podcast is provided as general informational purposes only. It is not intended for, nor should it be used to replace professional behavior intervention and advice. This is Sissy. And this is Susan. And we are Function Junction. Behavior Matters. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. And Happy Hanukkah, which I think is already passed. And uh, happy holidays in whatever way you celebrate. You know, yes, Christmas is a a biggie at my house, and we kind of wanted to tell some stories uh, from Christmas. Yeah. So I have one that I really didn't clearly understand until a few years ago. I had some neighbors that I grew up next door to, and they, they had a daughter about my age, and the two of us had worn a trail in the grass back and forth between those two houses. And, you know, her dad and my dad were friends. Her dad was a school administrator who seemed very strict, Uh really, all the time to me. He always seemed very strict, whether he was at home or at school. And I certainly didn't want to upset him, although he did something really, really nice for me when I graduated high school. Maybe we'll get to that. I don't know. Anyway, on Christmas Eve, he... And my dad, uh, Mr. Webb, and my dad would come home with a gift for each kid. It would be some weird, bizarre, not weird, bizarre, but unusual gift that we hadn't asked for. But it was always something fun. I remember one time it was one of those that you you squirt the stuff into and then you put it into this sort of like easy bake oven. But it wasn't an easy bake oven. And when you pulled it out, it'd be these like rubbery little creatures. Anyway, I just, you know, not, I just got those for my great niece. Nowadays, they're called squishies. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, they were not on my list, and I'm sure my mother would have said no, but dad came home with oh. those. And we always knew that there was going to be something really kind of fun happening there on Christmas Eve. That's so cool. It is cool. But what I didn't know that was really probably behind that, and I didn't know it until after Mr. Webb passed away and some of the things that people posted on social media. Now, I did know, I mean, my daddy was a pastor, so I did know that my dad took food and things to families in need during that time. And he always made sure to bring candy in it because hmm, one time when they went to deliver things, a child had taped a picture of Santa Claus on the wall. And it, like, cut my dad to the core. You know, that here was this family who was struggling to have food for Christmas. Oh. this precious little child had such high hopes that Santa was going to come visit that he had cut it out and taped it up on his wall. Oh, gosh. And so from that point on, my dad made sure there was candy in there, uh, you know, and if there, he definitely brought toys and things like that. And I've got a couple of brothers that talk about, oh, yeah, there were times that daddy had me go with him to deliver those things. Well, I really didn't realize how often Mr. Webb was doing that sort of thing. He, come to find out in what people shared after he passed away, was every year he adopted a family. And he bought gifts for them and he delivered them. And no one ever knew, except for the people who were very close to him who helped him get that stuff together or the people who he gave it to. 
So when I think about, you know, we always talk about antecedent behavior consequence and what maintains a behavior is the consequence to the behavior. You know, it's certainly not motivated by escape. It's not motivated by attention because no one knew. It's not, you know, like what was the maintaining reinforcer here for right. him? I don't, I don't know the answer to that except, I mean, what do you think? What do you think the maintaining reinforcer is? I guess just maybe it's intrinsic, you know, just something it feels good to be kind and it feels good to help other people and bring them things that they wouldn't otherwise be able to have. You and I can think yeah, outside. Um, again, that's that whole idea of, <laughs> I mean, you know, you and I know that it's more than <laughs> um, just sensory, tangible escape, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, he, he was motivated and perhaps uh, some attention in seeing the joy in the children's faces when they delivered it. But I'm sure there were times, I know there were times that he delivered it to the adults with wrapping paper so that the adults would know what the children were getting. So the children didn't know. Maybe the joy of the family knowing, okay, we've got something for our children. Yeah. Um, so I suppose that could be the motivating one. And I have one other story that is very interesting to me because I could never pull this off. <laughs> My mother had five children, four boys and me. Uh -huh. And she worked full time and she made this very elaborate Christmas tree that I cannot explain to, to the detail, but it was beautiful to me. And it was every year and it took her many, many evenings after work to get finished. But anyway, the real part that is amazing to me is she would wrap all of our gifts and she was finished with Christmas shopping usually by the end of October. Oh, wow. By the end of October, she had already purchased everything. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't under the tree or anything, but as soon as the tree was up, all the presents would be under the tree with no name tags. Oh. Every now and then she might have some little letter and number, but you could never figure out That's what her pattern was. That's cute and funny and smart. Yes. And so the only thing that I can figure about this is she had an amazing ability for stimulus discrimination. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. And that she could look at that box and know. That's awesome. That's the you know, that's the pair of jeans Sissy wanted. That's the typewriter she asked for or whatever. So cool. But we, I mean, five of us and she never put names on packages and she would hand them out at Christmas. And so I think that is uh, amazing discriminative stimulus. I was thinking about getting things done before October. I think that's a, an MO to make sure a motivating operation to make sure she had the money needed yeah. to get the things for all five children. Because my mother was one of six growing up and she was a child of the depression, just like my father was a child of the depression. And they absolutely knew what doing without was Dang. and that there were Christmases where it was slim. My mother said that her father would hunt pelts in order to pay for Christmas. Wow. He also said that on his deathbed, 
He apologized to whomever he was talking to about the little animals that he killed. Oh, God, love him. Yeah, that's that's okay. not a very Christmassy piece to think about and kind of, you know, gets to your heart. But I think that was probably the motivation for making sure Christmas was all tended to early, early, early. Because if something were to come up, she would want to be able to figure out where the money would come from to make that happen. And honestly, by the time I was in high school, they would have been able to deal with an emergency. Probably by the time I was in junior high, they would have been able to deal with something happening and still be able to do Christmas. But that behavior was so entrenched. The motivation was so strong that she would always have all that uh, tended to. Oh, sweet. Okay, here's uh, here's one story that I can tell you. My mom had four girls and one boy. There you go. I'm that baby, as are you. Aren't you the baby? Yeah. yeah. And, yes. And when I was probably six, she had thyroid cancer, and she had to have her whole thyroid removed. And she had a scar, you know, from ear to ear around her neck. And she always wore turtlenecks and scarves, you know, because she was so self-conscious about it. And back in those days, it was like a bad scar. So, God, this is over 50 years ago. That's crazy. So, anyway, she wasn't feeling well. And she got home from the hospital right around Christmas time. And we always had a live tree. And it was up. The tree was up, but it wasn't decorated. And it didn't get decorated. And we, as a good set of Catholic girls, always went to Midnight Mass at our church, St. John Vianney. And we went, and my oldest sister, Caroline, and my dad stayed back. And when we got home, the tree was decorated. And they told me that it was Santa's elves, that he did that early. And they came down and decorated the tree. And, of course, now I, looking back, I know that it was my sister and my dad who did it. But I think of that story a lot because it was just so sweet and so kind. Now, don't ask me why they didn't get it decorated sooner than that. I don't know. But nevertheless. Kind of magical. Kind of magical, really, if you suspend the idea yeah. you know, of, of what you thought happened. And really pretty, yeah, to go to Mass. And think, oh, okay, that's going to be our tree this year. It's okay. Mom's home. That's the important part. And then come back to a fully decorated tree. And it was really decorated. It was really pretty. So I don't know if there's a behavioral principle behind that other than believing in miracles. You know, I too tend to rely on prayer and uh, miracle mentality as often yeah. as I can. Yeah. So maybe that just reinforced that. Well, I would certainly think that the MO there would be, you know, that they wanted you to be happy, wanted the rest of the girls to be happy um, and your brother to be happy. So, yeah, there was definitely a motivation there. And the reinforcement was the glitter in your eyes when you saw it, right? Yeah, it's a sweet little memory. Okay, so listeners, I have a little present for y'all. I have started Teacher Pay Teachers called, you'll never guess, Blossom and Bows Behavior Secrets. And there are five up right now. I hope to have 20 or 25 by the end of the Christmas break. But right now, there's a free one for conducting a preference assessment. And there are four others in the areas of following one-step directions, thinking thoughts and talking words called Think It, Don't Say It. There's one on collecting information to begin toilet training 
And there is one on using puzzle pieces as token reinforcement systems. So you can just go to Teacher Pay Teachers. You can just type in my name, Susan Catlett, C-A-T-L-E-T-T. Or if you want to look for it, it is Blossom in like the letter N, because it wouldn't let me put all these letters in, Bows, B-E-A-U-X-S, Behavior Secrets. And I hope Blossom you- and Bows, Behavior Secrets. Yeah. Excellent. They're fun, and they all have goals at acquisition and generalization, detailed steps on how to teach the skill. They have helpful hints or ideas that you can use, and they all have data forms. And if a template is necessary, I included a template. So keep an eye, follow us, because we'll be adding more, hopefully weekly. Sounds great. And I think uh, what's exciting is that whole idea of writing the goals through the levels of learning. That's a really, really good plan. And even if a district has a very specific way they want goals to be written, they're still going to be able to use what you have in order to make that happen. I mean, yours are grounded in what we know is the way to write a good goal according to the BACB. And uh, yeah, that's what we want to do. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't include timelines, but everybody knows how to do that within 36 instructional weeks or nine instructional weeks or whatever. And I did rate acquisition and generalization. I didn't do any for fluency or maintenance because okay. very many people write goals at those levels, although we should. But I just wanted to make it as simple as possible. And if you have a need or you're thinking, oh, I wish I had something, a behavior secret for dot, 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 send me a note, behaviorsecrets at gmail.com. Or text me or call me or send smoke signals, whatever. You can go to my personal <laughs> website and get in touch with me that way, drsusanmcatlett.com. So, yeah. So, Merry Christmas, everybody. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you follow us and keep up um, without what all the new products that we're going to be putting up there. It's going to be really fun. That's going to be great. I can't wait to see what all's up there. I know it's going to be wonderful because... Thank you. You know your stuff, and you put up good things. So. I kind of just um, do what I feel like I say every day, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're in classrooms, and we tend to make some of the recommendations, like, do you know what his reinforcers are? Do you know what she, why can't she follow one-step directions? And probably do something on imitation. I don't know. Yeah. I've got a list of ideas, yeah. but anyway. Very so. good. And we're not going to do a question today, right? Because that's it's just a Christmas, happy Christmas, or... Again, happy holidays, not trying to... Um, all, of the, all of the happiness that all you... All of the happiness and the new it. year brings um, joy and good stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, take a look at Teacher Pay Teachers and it's tune in uh, next week. And we hope you have a very happy Bye holiday and happy new year. Happy holidays and a very merry new year. Bye. Bye.